0: Log Talk Radio. Okay.
1: The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom.
2: Morning, face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what
3: happened to Linda. Good
4: morning, Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What is oh, that thing? It's me,
3: Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. No, it's me, Linda, from
0: HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. What? Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving.
2: It's called beauty sleep for a reason.
5: fresh roasted so I um, don't you know. Well it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is masa le pike which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah but is it good? I mean it's alright. Are they investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes.
4: Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee.
5: So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any?
4: You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it They make it freshly yeah, okay. roasted. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's
5: good.
1: my sixth
4: Yeah, kinda. Better now. Go ahead.
2: Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> it's always something, in Adam.
0: I tell you what. It's true.
2: It's the the bat. I've got some gremlins up in here in the studio. I don't really know. Like, I showed nothing. My mic was like showing levels. I'm like, hey. So I just uh, switched the audio thing to, you know, we overcome and adapt. I said, you know, we need a little sunshine here. And here's Adam Dividend. and then you brought nothing. You brought no sunshine, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's been about a week, week and a half since we've had any sunshine here in Indianapolis. I'm ready. I'm glad that it's warmed up. I'm glad the rain stopped. Now we just need to get the sun out. Well, let's talk a little bit about something a little bit brighter, that's for sure. Let's go through uh, what's going on here in the college football world, as well as uh, the NFL. We're down to the Final Four. We'll get to that here in just a minute. One of the biggest college uh, (coughs) coaching changes, if you will, uh, is uh, from that team from up north, and that's uh, uh, Michigan, and we know your love for them. And so let's uh, get right into that. The the Chargers get their man uh, down in southern, uh, well, Against Southern California, I keep thinking of the San Diego Chargers, and I know it's been like a gazillion years. I can't get it out of my mind. But hey, it's still Southern California. They get their man, uh, the Chargers do, uh, and so let's talk a little bit about the breakdown on that. I mean, it, it was even with I think that they offered him immunity to being fired if he would have come back to to Michigan. Maybe that didn't happen. Uh, but what do you think was the final say? Jim Harbaugh said, "Hey, you know what?" I'm done. And really, who can blame him in a lot of ways? I mean, we, we know everything that went wrong, but also I feel like that there's been a, a target on his back for a long, long time, maybe for just cause. But uh, I'll let uh, uh, other people decide that. But go ahead. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh going from Michigan to the head coach of the San Diego Charger? I mean, <laughs> I did it. I did it. Dang it, out The Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs>
0: uh,
4: you, you know, do I think he'll be an okay head coach in the NFL? Sure. Um, I'll tell you, if they try to run that same offense that he was running up there in Ann Arbor, that's not going to work. Uh, you you can't run an archaic offense in the NFL and, and expect it to win you football games. Um, I'm hearing takes like Jim Harbaugh is going to make Justin Herbert a top five quarterback in the NFL. Um, you know, he he has done great things. Name me one quarterback that Jim Harbaugh had at Michigan that even remotely looked like a competent NFL quarterback. I'll wait because you can't name one. Um, the Like, Jim Harbaugh is still getting credit for Andrew Luck. At what point do we just recognize Andrew Luck was going to be good if, like, Homer Simpson was his coach? Like, Andrew Luck was just a generational talent combined with having the, the family resources to be able to afford court, private quarterback coaching well before that was, like, a thing that happened a lot. Um, so, like, stop with that nonsense. Um, do I think Harbaugh will be okay? Sure. They're in the same division as the Chargers. And if you look at from a, from a head coaching um, Perspective of who he has to compete with, you know. You have newly minted head coach Antonio Pierce of the um, uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders, Tom. So I'm on your bandwagon. <laughs> uh, um, but you know uh, the the Raiders and and the, and the Raiders played great down the stretch for Pierce. You then have Andy Reid and Sean Payton. So like at best, Harbaugh is the third best coach in his own division, and if you look at that roster, Mike Williams is washed up following another ACL injury. Keenan Allen is, is just old. He's a really, he was a really, really good receiver, highly underrated, but he's old. Like, there's no way around it. And then Quentin Johnson, the receiver drafted out of TCU, I told you on draft night, that was a bad pick because the dude has hands. I I think he actually has feet for hands. Like, that man can't (laughs) catch a cold in Antarctica. Like, he is is awful. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that showed, like, if you take two of the better games from Puka Nakua, not even two, I think it was two of his more poor games from Puka Nakua's rookie season, it still had more production than Clinton Johnson his entire season. Like, it's just, he's not good. So they don't have anybody Warriors. to throw to. It, it, Harbaugh, I, mean, no, I think they could finish last in their division, Tom.
2: <laughs> so what you're saying is the Chiefs should not be worried about Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers in the AFC
4: West. 100% no. <laughs>
2: Well, we'll get into more conversation about the Chiefs here in, in, in just a moment. So, we, we know, and I'll, let's turn back into, back into uh, Michigan. Uh, we know they've got their new coach. At least it's reported that their offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Sharon Moore, will be the new head coach of the Michigan uh, Wolverines. First of all, who wants that mess? Because you know what you're walking in. You know what Jim Harbaugh left. You know the scandal. You know the investigation. that just a minute. What are your thoughts about Sharon Moore to be the new head coach of Michigan? A lot of people thought Brian Kelly would be a good candidate. Uh, do you think they, they made the right decision by promoting within with, to Michigan and going to a national championship again? That's hard enough to do by itself, let alone with all of the distractions that Michigan's going to be having this next year.
4: Um, I will say this, Michigan, do y'all remember those um, Brady Hoke years that y'all remember so fondly? You may not remember them so fondly, but I sure do, uh, as an Ohio State fan. R- remember those because those are coming back. Because this is the thing. like nobody talks about this. They're also losing Jesse to their defensive end. They're probably going to be hit with sanctions of some sort. We don't know the severity, but there will be some, at minimum, involved. You also have the fact that they had the 36th best recruiting class in the country. They won the national championship and still finished with the 36th best class. And then you also have Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and USC coming into the conference. Like this team, they're going to, do you remember when, when Auburn won the national title with Cam Newton? And then, like mm-hmm. they really, really quickly faded back to like a seven, eight-win team. That's what's going to happen. This team was led by forty-four upperclassmen. Forty-four. Most of them are either gone to the NFL, or I, I don't know that they're going to transfer because they might. They probably would have already announced it. But they lost their starting quarterback. He announced for the NFL. Blake Corum was a senior. Um, This team is, they're left with with nothing. And and this is what happens. They took full advantage of all the extra years of these kids um, and their ability to to stay longer with the COVID years. They took advantage of it, won a title, had to cheat to, to do that. But, you know, like, if that's, what they wanted to do, and don't get me wrong, they have some really great players still. Uh, Kenneth Grant on the defensive line, that kid's a stud. Um, Their other defensive tackle, stud. Donovan Edwards, really, really good. Not taking anything away from them. You can't build a roster around that, and Sharon Moore had a little good run where he had one tough, like, he had one tough game, because at that point, Penn State Drew Aller still can't throw it to an open receiver if he has – I mean, if there's a blade of grass in in front of him, he's going to be freaked out and throw it away. So, I I mean, he had a – Sharon Moore, though, had a good game plan um, for the Ohio State-Michigan game. Granted, they won by – basically, they won by six at home. um, And – it was Ohio State's worst quarterback probably we've had since – oh, jeez. you gotta you got to go back. I mean, if you're just talking Michigan competing with Ohio State, I mean, you take what's happened at Ohio State in the last month. We brought in Bill O'Brien as our offensive coordinator. They get Caleb Downs to transfer over from Alabama. For those of you that don't know Caleb Downs, you may remember him as the SEC freshman of the year. He played safety for Alabama. As a freshman, for an Alabama team that went to the playoffs, he was the best player on the team. We're talking a Minka Fitzpatrick-type player um, that Ohio State brought over uh, from Alabama. They also have, you know, brought in Jeremiah Smith, the number one overall recruit in the country, um, an insanely talented wide receiver. Again, Washington, they, they brought over um, Judge Fish from Arizona to hopefully keep a lot of the momentum going that they built with Kalen DeBoer after Kalen DeBoer left for Alabama. I just don't see a scenario anywhere where Michigan keeps up with what's happened now, knowing there are some – there's going to be sanctions to some degree. Is it going to be the big – the big uh, bull ban, loss of scholarships, and will they strip them of the national title? That's to be determined. If we're going to be honest, but regardless, yeah, I don't, their roster don't they're gonna, is decrepit.
2: I don't think they're going to strip him of the. I mean, the team of the national championship. I think their biggest target was uh Jim Harbaugh. He's gone. I could be wrong. I certainly I agree with you. There's going to be some sanctions, and there's going to be a lot. You know, it, it, there's a lot of things going on around the Michigan program. It's a hot mess, you know. So I, I wish uh, Sharon Moore the, the best. I mean, he's staying with the team, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like you said, they're they're losing a lot of players, and so this is just going to be a, a cluster uh, for sure. Well, let's just go ahead and, and uh, get into some of these other college football. I know Jim Harbaugh has been sucking the air out of everybody in, 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 with all the other conversations that we've not really had a lot to, to talk about. But let's let's kind of talk about some of the – the uh, top, uh, uh, well, the biggest named, if you will, uh, coaching changes. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the future of Jimbo Fisher. Uh, as we know, he was fired uh, in in November with the Texas a And M, who hired him in twenty eighteen for Florida State and backed up the Brinks truck. Jimbo Fisher, what's going on with him?
4: You know, I, I kind of I think Jimbo will he <laughs> coach again. Sure. Um, it'll probably be a scenario some similar to like what we've seen from some of these other guys who go somewhere and flame out spectacularly. They take a year off, maybe two, and then come back at like a smaller program or is it like a a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator at a big time program Um, similar to what we just saw happen with Ohio state bringing back Bill O'Brien, you know, Bill O'Brien, Um, had a pretty substantial um, exit from the Houston Texans. And even though if you look at their record, you take the the, the really, really bad DeAndre Hopkins trade away from from Bill O'Brien. And that team was really good. I mean, they made the playoffs with some really bad quarterbacks. Um, and Bill O'Brien, you know, g- took uh, Bryce Young and helped him win the Heisen Trophy. This is a scenario where you're looking at Jimbo Fisher. I don't know where he ends up, but if he's not coaching in college football within two years, especially knowing we have the expanded playoffs, I'll be pretty surprised. Um, I, you know, I think there's there's a lot of heat right now um, in a few different areas. You know, we're seeing Miami. Um where Miami is is now looking at uh at Mario Cristobal and 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 saying, you know, you brought we brought you in, we paid you all this money and you've given us what? Um I don't I don't know that, that we're also seeing the same thing out of um uh, University of Florida, for example. And Jimbo, obviously, won a national title at Florida State, has had really, really good success in the state of Florida. Would I be surprised to see him at one of those two schools? No, I wouldn't. Um, I, I think there's going to be enough programs that are going to be looking that they'll see the name Jimbo Fitcher and, and go, okay, you know, he, he kind of he did have a good run for a little while at Texas A&M, in the SEC, but he was also in that gauntlet of an SEC West. Could we bring him back maybe on a lower contract than we could have had before? Sure. And, and that's what I think is the most likely scenario. He'll be back. Um, it's just going to be a matter of the right landing spot, and I think one of those um, <laughs> yeah. schools in Florida makes a ton of sense.
2: You know, uh, I, I talked, talked about that. Uh, uh, taking the air out of the the conversation, totally forgot about Nick Saban. I don't know why, but I did. But Nick Saban retires, huge blow to college football world. They hire Kalen uh from from Washington, got got Washington to the national championship. Um, you kind of wonder if this was going on in the background. You always ask, you always say, hey, because it just seemed like that was a quick turnaround. But but it's Alabama. And, you're, and you've just gone to a national championship. Maybe the decision wasn't really that hard. Uh, but what do you think, uh, uh, the, the new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, stepping into some pretty big footsteps down there in Tuscaloosa?
4: Um, personally, so far, I think Kalen DeBoer is making all the wrong moves. Um, he's been kind of adamant about bringing in some of his guys. He's done a really poor job of retaining um, – Alabama's roster construction thus far. They've had a lot of transfers, like Caleb Downs, for example, who was the the, the apple of Ohio State's eye. We almost landed him coming out of high school, um, finished second to Alabama, and then we got the second to bite at the apple, and, and sure enough, it happened. I, I don't – you know, I, you never want to follow a legend. And and the thing about Kalen DeBoer is he's kind of – he's been successful everywhere he's been, but he's been able to go into some of these places it was a little bit of like a reclamation project, and he's, and he's really good on, from what we've seen, he's been good on player development. Where he's lacked is in the recruiting arms race. And the, and the problem with that is you're Alabama. You can't fall behind in recruiting. You just can't. Because if you do, you're going to get lapped by Georgia. You now have Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference. They're not going to be able to get by with just par recruiting classes and and have that Alabama faithful be okay with, hey, we made the 12-team playoff um, and maybe won a game. Like, they, they are going to be expected to not only make the playoff but probably get to, you know, like the Final Four virtually every year. Uh, that's the expectation that they have at Alabama. Similar to the expectation that will be existing right now at Georgia and at Ohio State, um, that's the expectation is if you don't finish, you, you you basically get like these brief two-year windows. Okay, you missed it this year. Okay, you got to do it next year. You didn't do it next year, your seat might be feeling a little warm. I, I'm – I think Kieran DeBoer's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that he's the right fit for Alabama. Because they're coming off of a a, a run with Nick Saban that we've never seen and will probably never see again. Um, that you just, you know, Saban always got his teams to play the best in the biggest moments. And, and that is really, really hard to do. Uh, and I just don't, I, I don't personally. I, I mean, I hope him. I wish him luck as a coach. I mean, I, I'm not wishing luck for Alabama, but uh, I, I personally, I don't know that Kalen DeBoer is there more than four years.
2: We're going to be getting into some NFL talk here in just a moment, Adam. How far? How long can you stick around?
4: Um, I could probably have another uh, ten, fifteen. We'll
2: say. Okay, that's fine. We'll have you uh, join us here in just a, a moment with uh, Ed Kratz, and we'll be talking about. Well, what's going to be happening uh, with the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, another coach, a big name, uh, we've just talked about Jimbo Fisher getting fired uh, from Texas A&M, who, who stepped into those shirt shoes with Mike Elko from Duke. I like that hire. I like Duke this year. I think that's a good choice for Texas A&M, and they didn't have to back up the Brinks truck to make it happen.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, Elko was solid because, I mean, Elko was the defensive coordinator for Jimbo with, Several of those, the the best A&M teams that he had. He's familiar with with the team. Again, he was doing some good things at Duke. Um. Again, the thing is, is and this is, I think, similar to what, what Michigan's going to experience, what we talked about with Alabama, is with the SEC and Big Ten both expanding and adding some, we're talking some heavy, heavy hitters when you're talking Oklahoma, Texas, um, for the SEC and then Oregon, um, USC, Washington, and UCLA. I mean, of the four of those, UCLA is by far the, the, the worst program, but I would still probably put them like you're going to take UCLA head to head against IU, Purdue, Iowa, Nebraska right now. Like, they're still going to be middle of the, big, middle of the road in the Big Ten, um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, they could even punch up and punch up into that top four. I, I, that's the thing is, is that I don't know that Texas A&M, now that Texas has joined, has enough juice to just even be competitive in their conference. Like, if you look at the SEC, there are five teams off the top of my head that I can think of that I feel like are better situations than Texas A&M. Um, Adam Alabama, Florida, obviously, LSU, um, Texas, and Oklahoma. That's five. <laughs> Adam Jim Ann, a
2: Super Browns fan, Cavs fan, a Super Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, our college football co-pilot. And uh, we'll be right back with Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. We're going to be breaking down our final four to the NFL, and we're going to go around and get our picks, see who will be in the Super Bowl. Not to be confused with our Super Bowl pick. That comes in our annual Super Bowl special. More to come on that. Stick around. It's about to get even
0: better. Uh,
3: Morning face
2: you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning,
1: Good morning. guys.
4: Good morning. Ah, what is ah, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh my god, it talks! Run! No, it's me, Linda from HR. It looks hungry. Save
0: the children! Save them! Stay back, I've got mates. No, oh, that one in my eyes.
2: It's moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
1: Get twenty percent off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love
0: your home.
4: Oh hi. Uh hey. seen on the board. Do you guys have black rifle coffee here?
5: No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well it is. Great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. you know what this is? This is Masa Le which of course in the Indonesian, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes.
4: Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee.
5: So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any?
4: You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it They make it fresh okay. roasted. All right. Black Rifle Coffee.
5: It's good.
2: Welcome back to the balance. Time to get down to the nitty gritty of what's really going on this weekend in uh, the world of sports. Obviously, uh, you have to live under a rock not know what's going on this weekend. We're going to be deciding who's going to be in the Super Bowl out in Las Vegas. And here to join me is Ed Kraft, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh, and also uh, carrying over from our college football conversation, Adam In, who's going to have time in with us for just a few more minutes here. Uh, so we'll start with you, Ed. Good morning. How are you? Are you ready good. to get down to the Final Four? I wish it was the Eagles, but hey. wish it was the Colts, but
3: hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, good Good to see Adam's joining us.
4: Adam, how you been? I'm you good, here? Ed. I, I've been sick for like a week and a half. So Ooh. I'm happy to not to be healthy.
3: <laughs> well, you don't have to get off your couch this sense. weekend.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that made sense, Adam, but we knew what you were saying. You said you were happy to not be healthy. So, we, we we know what you meant, though. It's all good, buddy. Yeah, I was happy.
4: Oh wait, I was happy to be healthy. Yeah, go. <laughs> it's it's all
2: it's all it's all good. Well, one of the yeah. one of the uh, the biggest games on on the on the docket is, but another bigger game tomorrow. I love the story of how we got to this final four. I tell you what, I was really disappointed yet again with the Buffalo Bills uh, getting beat by the Chiefs. So let's go ahead. We'll start with you, Ed. The Chiefs beat the Buffalo Bills again. Uh, And, you know, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes does not know what it's like to not be a divisional champion. Again, the Ravens are right there. They're ready to make it happen. I think this is going to be a very exciting game. Ed, uh, what, what's what's your thought about the story of how we got to the Chiefs and the Ravens, and what are your thoughts about tomorrow's game, a really big game, uh, for the Chiefs on the road?
3: Well, uh, I had Buffalo. That was my out on the limb pick, right? Buffalo and uh, yes, Dallas. So well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, didn't do very well there. But uh, you got to give credit to Mahomes, man. What's the not, not, to the, not
2: the interruption. Not to yep. interrupt you, Ed. I know people say that, meaning that they're going to interrupt you. But my <laughs> out on the limb one is still alive, Lions, and so we'll get to that one in a second. But I wanted to point that out since you said the out on the limb. Go ahead. Yeah.
3: Man. Who was your Who was your AFC out on the limb? Who did you go with? The uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Dolphins was yeah. yeah. my out on the limb. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes. Mahomes took care of that. that. Six straight years, I think, now in the AFC. Fatal game for Mahomes, I mean, that, that's really yeah. remarkable uh, to get to that point. Yeah.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean to get you off track on the Chiefs yeah. of the Ravens. <laughs> that's,
3: that's all right. Yeah, no, I mean, I listen, I thought Buffalo would win that game. It's at home, and, you know, you, at some point you've got to get past that round if you're the Bills. You know, they've struggled. Last year, They lo- I think it was last year, they lost to the Bengals. Uh, at home in the playoffs in the snow and the cold. And, you know, that, that should really be to their benefit playing at home in the cold. Now, obviously Kansas city is a cold, you know, cold weather uh, city also. Um, but, you know, the bills need to get past that round and you know, not to do it. You know, I know Sean McDermott did a good job coaching them this year and all that, but you know you have to eventually get past that, especially Josh Allen ne- needs to get beyond that, that round. Um, and Mahomes is is doing it, and I would not bet against him uh, against the Ravens tomorrow in Baltimore. To be honest with you, I don't think they'll win, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past me if Mahomes finds a way to to get past that round again and get into the Super Bowl.
2: Well, you know, nobody wants to really rule out Patrick Mahomes. I mean, a lot of people are are wouldn't even say that he's in the same conversation yet, but he's getting there. A lot of people are saying that he's the heir apparent to. Uh, to Tom Brady, so uh, you know nobody ever said, "Okay, I don't want to get to the point of of, of how I felt about Tom Brady about uh, Patrick Mahomes because honestly, my one of my favorite teams in the in the NFL is the Chiefs, and I, I like the success they've been having. However, you, 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 you're in the conversation whenever you have Patrick Mahomes. It's hey, you can't rule out Patrick Mahomes, but you can't rule out the the Ravens either. Uh, Adam Gividen, I know we got you here for just a few more moments here, so. Go ahead and and give us your thoughts on the story on how we got to the final four. More importantly, what are your thoughts on tomorrow's game, the Chiefs and the Ravens?
4: You know, Chiefs-Ravens is a – it's one of those games where you're kind of like when you were looking at all the matchups, you're like, man, this is the most likely scenario just because, again, Mahomes just doesn't lose in the playoffs. Josh Allen inevitably almost always chokes. And and if it's not Josh Allen, it's someone on that Bills team. You know, Stephon Diggs let a literally wide open touchdown go right through his hands. Um, Or maybe not a touchdown. It was like a 65-yard completion. Um, And uh, the Bills, you know, then they missed the field goal that would have won them the game. It's not a surprise. As far as Baltimore goes, Baltimore unfortunately was probably the most complete team in the NFL the entire season. And there is talks that they might get Mark Andrews back today, which is a huge deal. Uh, Mark Andrews is easily one of the most underrated offensive weapons in the league. He is one of the top, the, the, the tight ends in the NFL right now are ridiculous. I mean, the top five or six guys are all so talented and Mark Andrews is, is in that that class and can just take over a game, especially in the red zone. You know, the the interesting matchup for me is going to be if Mark Andrews is healthy against some of those linebackers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mick Bolton has done a really good job covering linebackers, or excuse me, covering tight ends in the past. They'll also bring up safety help. But if he's there, it will definitely open up more downfield. Um, attempts for um, Zay Flowers, the young rookie speedster. Uh, so we'll see. I I think somehow I, in my heart of hearts, I feel like we're going to have a Taylor Swift versus Eminem um, Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> where I'm like, man, that's where we're going. Um, and, I, Tom, I know this will be a surprise to you. So I, and I know I don't have long to stick around. I will be rooting this the rest of the for and I have been for a team from Michigan. I am on the Detroit Lions train in <laughs> the NFC. A part of that is as a as a Browns fan. I I like seeing teams that have been come from down like fan bases that deserve it, and Detroit Lions fans deserve this. Um, they so have you're, supported you're, their team yeah. through thick and thin. That I don't know they're gonna win but man they are my emotional i hope so i
2: think i think they're they're the hope so for everybody except the san francisco bay area uh i know our, a lot of my colleagues are out there in san francisco and they have a little bit of a different opinion but that's the only place in the world that i'm hearing this and our good friend rick Riggin is just super ecstatic about it and he'll be on for sure on the super bowl special if the lions make it so uh Adam, we appreciate you joining us, helping us break down and understand this whole Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban uh, world that we're in now.
4: <laughs> of course, man, it's it's good to be back. It's good to be like like I said last week. I was I was running a, a fever, and then the week before it was uh, I got hit with the stomach bug. that's hitting a bunch of the Midwest, so it's it's good to have a Saturday where I'm not like miserable on the couch. <laughs>
2: Well, it's 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 been good to have you along, sir. So uh, we'll catch you up uh, for sure on our Super
3: Bowl special.
4: That sounds good. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Ed. We'll see you later. You. Yep, yep, good to
3: hear you, Adam. Take be care. Be well. Thank you, too.
2: Adam, Adam Jimedin, super Browns fan, super Buckeyes fan, super friend of the show. Been around for a good lot many, number of years of it with the show. And he always brings the energy, uh, Ed. He always brings the energy. Oh, yeah. For sure. So uh, he, he seems to think that uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have nothing to worry about J- Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers in the AFC West. Real quickly, uh, what are your thoughts on that? It just happened this week. Uh, and so it, it kind of uh, came over from a crossover from college football to now NFL conversations. We'll be talking about Jim Harbaugh a lot over the next uh, few years, I'm sure, or a few months. But uh, what are your thoughts on the hire? J- the, the Chargers? Get their man.
3: Yeah, I listen. I think Jim Harbaugh was the best head coaching candidate in this uh, coaching cycle. To be honest, Uh, um, I think he's going to do good things with the Chargers and Justin Herbert, who needs as much help as he can get to kind of you know realize his potential. And uh, I think Harbaugh is going to be doing a good job there. I I guess Adam doesn't, but I you know I think he was the best coaching head coaching candidate in this cycle. And we saw we thought, hey, maybe it was Bill Belichick, but uh, you know, nobody seems to want Belichick. Uh, Falcons interviewed him twice and didn't hire him. So uh, I think Harbaugh was the best I, I was coach in the coaching cycle.
2: Well, I, I guess that the Falcons were ready to make an offer to Jim Harbaugh, and, and so the Chargers sniffed that out. So no, we're we're gonna we're gonna get some. Let's 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 go back around to this conversation about Bill Belichick. And one of the things that uh, you and I talked about was. You know, will Philadelphia part ways with Nick Serrani? Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It seems like they're going to hang on to Nick for another year. What are your thoughts on that? What do you know?
3: Yeah, well, yeah, they are. Uh, you know, him and Howie. <coughs> Roseman, the GM, met with us on Wednesday, and Nick was there looking very humble and very somber. And uh, to me, he's kind of been neutered. You know, he's what, what exactly his role <laughs> is going to be, who knows? Because whoever the offensive coordinator is is going to be in complete charge of the offense. It's going to be his offense. It's not going to be Nick's offense anymore. Nick's going to try to incorporate some of the things that were that were successful in his first 3 years, but you know, he's he's kind of been neutered. The defensive coordinator is going to be the defensive head coach or yeah, and that's going to be Vic Fangio. So, uh I'm not sure what his role is. Uh I thought coming into the you know, when they were deciding to keep him, I thought they would just because of the optics of the whole thing. And I, and I know, you know, you could say, well, now you might be setting your organization back by bringing him back. Uh, But I thought the optics were that here's a guy that took the team to the playoffs three straight years, took the team to the Super Bowl last year, um, has won, you know, 33 or 34 games in three years, uh, really good record. And it would have been the fourth head coaching search in the last 11 years if he were the Eagles and, and had fired Sirianni. So, me optically it made sense to bring him back but now that he's back and he's been stripped of all this power it's like well is he going to be like jason garrett was with the cowboys and just be kind of that hand clapper on the sidelines when something goes well i mean what exactly is his role going to be i mean when it comes to fourth and two in a game who's going to make that call is it going to be the oc is it going to be the head coach uh i think it's an evolving process as to what his role is going to be i mean it's only when they met with us nine days since the season had ended. Um, So I think they're still kind of working through exactly what his role is going to look like. So I'm not sure it was the right move. I think they're rolling the dice uh, that he can be humbled by this. He can learn by this. He's only 43 years old. They hired him when he was 39. Uh, You know, they're giving him a chance to grow and I kind of like that, but they're giving him that chance at the risk of entering next season, nothing changing and the team's starting 2-5 and five again, and, you know, that's not good. Then he probably gets fired, and then, you know, the organization loses another year of Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith, you know, the offensive line, all the, all the key elements to this team uh, are, are now set back one year, and they're getting older. You know, they'll be a year older, um, but, but I think they feel like it's worth the risk. So uh, I, think, I think it was worth the risk, but I'm not sure what his role is going to be. We'll see as the next few months go on. Uh, and the more that comes out, and the more we talk to these guys, uh, exactly what that rule is going to look like.
2: Well, you know, and I, and I like your your uh, um, descriptive of being neutered, and and that's the unfortunate thing because he knows he knows right now that he's the sacrificial goat. Yeah, and you say, okay, well, who's going to make that call at fourth and one or or, or what have you? It, yes, it should be a a a combined decision between the O.C. and the head coach, but at the end of the day. Something goes wrong at 4-2, God forbid, right at the end of, of the season or playoffs or what have you. The, the head that gets chopped is the head coach first. Right. So he knows that he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. Uh, and so, you know, maybe he's telling his agent, you know, hey, let's go ahead and start getting ready to go somewhere else next year. Unless things just turn around that we don't know about. So my, my, my thought process is there's the reason the word head is in front of coach. He's the head coach. He's the lead coach. He's the face of the organization. I've always and we dealt with this here with the Colts with the Airs as well, and and you know the the leadership, you know they they take a lot of power away from. They did that with Frank Reich, and they've done this with with others. Right, right now we're, we're happy with what we've got in our in in our coaching uh, uh, world, but I've seen it with the Colts, and I've seen it in other organizations. I feel like. That it, You know, I work for a big company, and I, and I know that one of the things they always say is let leaders lead. And so let them coach. If, they, if you've made the decision that they're going to be your head coach, Eagles, Colts, insert name here, let them be the head coach. And then deal with whatever happens from that point. But to say, okay, you don't have the power to make these decisions. We're going to make the decision for you. And then the wrong decision made, and then the head coach is the one
3: that gets chopped. Does that make sense? Does that,
2: oh, yeah. does that uh, Absolutely. make you dizzy? <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: I, I know I mean, exactly what you're saying. And, but what exactly in the Philadelphia Eagles front office, do they, how do they define head coach? Like what is the head coach's job? You say the lead, and yes, it is the lead. And I guess that's what Sirianni going to do. He's going to go into all these meetings now. He kind of admitted that he wasn't in any of the defensive meetings last year. Uh, You know, so now he's going to go into the defensive meetings. He's going to go into the special team meetings. He's going to be the leader, uh, the face of the franchise, like you said. But what exactly is he going to do other than just, you know, lead the team uh, and, and cheer from the sidelines? You know, is he going to be given a hand in the offense? Is he going to be given a hand? In the defense, I mean, we don't know. I don't know what the definition of leadership is in the Eagles front office, but we're going to find out Um, because you're right. I mean, he's got that word head in front of the coach, and if it doesn't go right, he's going to be sacrificed. But I'll say this. He was willing to sacrifice the roles or, you know, the coaching jobs of the offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson, and his defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, and Matt Patricia, uh, to save his job, I mean, that was the mandate from the front office is you have to replace your coordinators. Now, that's the reason Bug Peterson got fired, because he didn't want to do that. He wanted those guys that he had in place to go at it another year, and the Eagles didn't want that, so they fired him. And now I'm sure Nick Sirianni was given the same mandate, and he said, okay, I'll keep my job and I'll get rid of those guys. So, you know, it, it, I'm sure he didn't want to, but he was given the choice if he wanted to keep his job.
2: Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. I mean, at some point, you know, it, it, that, as you go down the chain, if you're not doing your job, you, it's, it's time to – I work in sales. Trust me, I understand that, that you may think you're doing your job, but you may not be doing your job. So it's, uh, that's just how, how it is. So, you know, we, we, we know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and we really don't need to build him up anymore. But, you know, I think the Chiefs, one of the, what we, I would call an Achilles heel, is they got the drop seats. And the Chiefs finished in the league as the leaders in the drop. The 34 drop passes and 597 targets. That 5.7% drop rate explains the significant decline in the off, uh, offense overall. How do they overcome that against the Ravens?
3: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's all—it's too late really to overcome it. I mean, I, but I think they've done a decent job, Rushy Rice and um, – even Travis uh, Kelsey has had the drops. But I think, you know, they're, and Marquez Valdez, Scandling, they're, they're doing a little bit better job, I think, catching now that the playoffs are here. They understand that, you know, the urgency once the postseason arrives, if you lose, your your season's over. Um, so I think they're a little bit more focused on that. Um, and, you know, listen, I'm going to say this about Mahomes. He seems to the, – the, the NFL really seems to want him to be the next Tom Brady. I mean, we saw a call that was a, sh- a sure holding call against the-, the Chiefs last week that didn't get called on a Buffalo receiver that would have given them a first down on a third down throw and forced that field goal that was a miss. Uh, and, you know, but it didn't get called. Uh, and then we saw that in the Super Bowl last year. James Bradbury got hold- called for holding in the final two minutes that allowed the Chiefs to run out the clock and kick a field goal with 10 seconds left to win the game. I mean. To me, it seems like the NFL wants Tom Brady, or I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes, to be the next Tom Brady, and they're they're doing everything they can to make that happen. So I think, you know, the, the dropsies might be able to over, be overcome by an officiating crew that might understand that this is what the NFL wants. Patrick Mahomes is the golden boy, and you know we're going to make sure he gets to the Super Bowl. At least do what we can to make sure he gets there. You know, you still have to win it on the field and take advantage of calls that don't or do go your way um but yeah i think that's that's part of this um so you know listen i i think the ravens have a shot they have a very good defense uh number 1 in a lot of areas key areas and um you know if they can uh, get some good play out of their uh, their offense which they will lamar jackson's one of the best quarterbacks in the league probably the mvp this year uh i think they'll beat the chiefs uh in in this game i don't think it'll be Uh, A blowout, I think it'll be a very close game. I think playing in Baltimore, again, second week in a row, the Chiefs are on the road, have never had to do that before, uh, and we'll see how they react. But I think the Ravens are the better team, and they're going to win this game.
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing. The Ravens are a great team, and and, uh, so we've got your pick there. You know, they've got a mind-blowing defense. I mean, Mike McDonald, he's he's definitely going to be a head coach here soon, somewhere. Uh, And that's just what happens when you've got great – uh, coordinators, and you've seen that happen in Philadelphia when when they win games and defenses uh, win championships. You know, other teams coming on, and they, and they're like, "Hey, we've got some money for you. uh Come be our head coach." And it's almost impossible to say, "Hey, now we're going to do that." So Mike McDonald, just McDonald, has done a a great job. I think where they have a problem at is they're very vulnerable in their passing game. You know. I mean, they they have Lamar Jackson, who's he's playing at an MVP level. Obviously, and loved him because he did me well in Tennessee football this year. Almost got it to the Super Bowl, but to do This I can't put the, I can't put the blame on Lamar Jackson. I digress. Um, but they've got a very talented wide receiver. Uh, you know, former first round picks, uh, and so I, I just feel like that they don't do as well in the passing game as they should. And you know the Chiefs can very well take advantage. You talk about Achilles' heel. I think that would be the Achilles' heel for uh, the the Ravens. But overall, I think we're in agreement there that the Ravens move on to Las Vegas. Uh, so um, we'll, we'll see. Can you stick around and help break down the next game, or do you got to go?
3: Uh, yeah, I can help break down the next game for a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that'd, that'd be really, great. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, looking
3: forward to that game. Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the journey for the Lions. Yeah, as a fan, yeah, everybody, like I said just a few moments ago, everybody's rooting for the Lions unless you're in the Bay Area. Uh, and, I, you know, our good friend Rick Riggin obviously is a, a lifelong Lions fan who has seen them come through some, you know, he equivalent a, the, being a Lions fan, Lions going to the Super Bowl to the Cubs, and the Cubs going to the World Series a few years back. Uh, that sort of same scenario. It's got that same sort of uh, uh, feel. But the 49ers. And here, here's the thing. One of the it's great to see the Lions be where they're at. But one of the things they've shown, and in, in, in the people I've talked to, to include Rex, he says their defense is horrible sometimes. And in key t- moments, that's their Achilles heel, if you will, going into San Francisco. Uh, 49ers. Let's talk about the, the matchup between these two and the story of, of getting there. Uh, the 49ers, you know, we, we we didn't even. I don't think they were really on a blip of of, of how good they became over the season. Um, we thought they'd be good, but we didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, so the uh, the the 49ers are so the story for the both of them, but a great story for the Detroit Lions. Uh, overall, give us a, a high-level look at the, the two teams, and then we'll just kind of break down some X's and O's.
3: Yeah, well, just you know, I, I do like I like the Lions' defense. Yeah, I, maybe they do play horrible. At sometimes, you know, I don't pay you know 100% attention to Detroit. You know, I got my own team that I cover, but you know, in the games I've saw and the things I've read, their defense is pretty good. I mean, I love their defensive line. Obviously, with Hutchinson and Ali McNeil, and I love that Kaminsky. I think he's very underrated on that defensive front. Uh, I like their linebackers. You know, yeah, they're a little bit weak, I guess, at the corner with Sutton and uh, Kendall, I think his name is. Um, so, yeah, that that is a weakness for sure. And the 49ers come into this game, obviously, having survived a really tough challenge from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, maybe a wake-up call for the 49ers. Um, or was it just the fact that the Packers were playing so well and so confidently that made them a tough out? Um, If it was a wake-up call, I expect the 49ers to play better than what they did last week. Uh, And and that could spell danger for the Lions, you know, having to go out to San Francisco uh, and play a a 49ers team now that is refocused after taking that bye week off and coming in last week and nearly losing to the Packers. Uh, So, it could be a dangerous spot. So talent's going to have to win out. And I think the Lions, they they have some talent on that team. Is it as much as the 49ers? I don't think so. But, uh, you know, the Lions are a team that are playing with a lot of confidence, too, just like the Packers were. So they can go in there and give the 49ers a really good game.
2: You know, let's talk a little bit about the Rams. They traded Jared Goff to uh, – I mean, not talk about the Rams. I'm Sorry, let's talk about – well, we can't talk about the Rams. My brain's going 1,000 miles an hour. It's moving faster than my mouth is moving, which is pretty hard to do sometimes. Uh, Jared Groff it's <laughs> you Detroit three three years ago. Um, what what's the if any does Jared Goff uh, factor play in this in this game?
3: Yeah, I mean he's been down this road, right? He went to the Super Bowl when he was in L. A. And uh, you know he kind of knows what it takes. But you know he is pro- that's you know when you talk about the Lions' defense being you know, not as good as it can be at times. I think golf is, you know, he's kind of similar in some of the inconsistencies that can crop up, you know, in a game, uh, you know, so he has to kind of avoid those as much as he possibly can. And he has to be able to keep, you know, keep the offense on the field and limit the opportunities that, you know, Brock Purdy and all his weapons that he has at his disposal, including including Christian McCaffrey, who probably doesn't get enough love for being the league's MVP because of the position he plays, but, Man, he he is so. You watch this guy run, and he's so hard to bring down with one tackle. He just keeps going. He's so strong and so well balanced. But you know, if you can keep those guys off the field, Jared Goff is going to have to find a way to pick up a couple first downs on each each series. They can't go into these little lulls of three and out, three and out, and and bringing that 49ers offense back onto the field too often and too quickly because they'll eventually. Uh, find a way to score points in that situation. So Goff is going to have to play as consistently uh, maybe as he has ever had to do in his career. Uh, and that would that would be really helpful to the Lions, trying to find a win and making most of America happy. Because you, like you, you know Adam said when he was here earlier, that everybody is rooting for the Lions, unless you're in the Bay Area, right? Uh, because they're a team that's never been to the Super Bowl. And how can you not want to see a city experience that kind of a a thrill to get to the Super Bowl and to hopefully win the Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's an exciting feeling. How can you not want that for a, for a city for you know for a franchise that's been down so long yet has had some great players you know through the years that have never been able to do it.
2: You know, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And and I like I said a while ago, it's like it's it's got the feel like the, the Chicago Cubs had when they went to the World Series. I'm a Cardinal yes. fan, and and that's no secret to that the the rivalry. That the Cubs and the Cardinals have but I was rooting for them when Nate when, when they got there I was rooting for them you know uh, going back to Jared Goff I wonder how much if yeah, any it may not be any about the, the homecoming effect because you know Goff he grew up and, and played his college football just across the Bay Area from San Francisco uh, obviously before spending his first five seasons uh, down the coast of Los Angeles but do you think that's going to be any type of distraction for Goff uh, coming back home if you will?
3: Well, I, you know, listen. He's been in the league now for what eight years, I think. Golf coming in in twenty sixteen. Like yeah, I mean, I would think no. I mean, you know, he he's been in this league now for a while. He played out in L A. You know, kind of a, uh, you know, I know L A. and San Fran are four or five hours apart, but you know, he played in his home state where he played college ball. I, I wouldn't think that's a distraction. Uh, you know, I think he's been in the league too long. He's experienced too much. Uh, and, I, and I think he'll have focus. He needs to have focus. He knows what that focus looks like because he has been in this game before. So uh, I don't think that will be a bother at all.
2: Well, I know one player that everybody's going to be watching with, with the 49 is just Debo Samuel. Uh, Debo Samuel is supposed to return and play uh, in tomorrow's game in the division where, uh, after the division went round over, went over the Packers. There we go. Um, Debo Samuel, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess he makes that offense go, you know, based on, I guess, numbers when he was out. They lost a couple games, but uh, they still certainly would help the offense, but they're still so talented on that side of the ball. Good offensive line, um, excellent receivers. Uh, McCaffrey, like I mentioned. I mean, you know, you add Samuel, that that makes him more lethal, no doubt. He's hard to cover, and you can do so many things with him. If you're Kyle Shanahan, the coach, in terms of running the ball with him, throwing the ball to him, getting the ball to him in space, uh, he's certainly a weapon that, you know, would help the 49ers. But they're so good at every other spot on that offense that, you know, do they need him to win? Probably not. But certainly having him there would increase the chances of that happening.
2: You know, I would say there's a lot of pressure on Purdy to perform tomorrow, a lot of pressure. I mean, he went from really being one of the league's uh, great stories. He went from uh, being, what, mystery revelant to the NFC Championship game quarterback. Um, But then he's had, you know, nine out of his 11 picks this year came in their four losses. So if, if the Lions can figure out, and then going back to the defense with the Lions, if the Lions can figure out how to pick off and replay at uh, throws from Purdy, that's going to be huge. And if he does not, I mean, granted get to the, to the NFC championship game as a quarterback, that's something. But how forgiving will the 49er fan base, what have you, be of Purdy if he doesn't get them to a the Super Bowl? Um, and, and he does, yeah. let's,
0: Say
3: he has a, a
2: day of interceptions. Yeah, uh, well, to the,
3: the, the San Francisco fan base isn't any different than any other city's fan base. If he doesn't get them there and he throws <laughs> a couple picks, yeah, they're not going to be happy and they're going to, you know, blame him and all that. Same way if you know the, the Colts got to the championship game and Gardner Minshew threw three interceptions or Anthony Richardson next year, if he, you know, if he gets them there, I mean, yeah, you're going to be upset with the quarterback. So uh, yeah, I would say that it's weird with Purdy like a lot of people still don't believe in the guy and I'm probably in that camp like I think he's just you know a product of what Kyle Shanahan is able to dial up and he's got great weapons around him and he executes the game plan very well he's a smart kid reads defense as well but boy he makes some really inaccurate throws at times and you know he's been fortunate that he hasn't been intercepted more often. I, when the Eagles played the 49ers back, you know, in December, Hassan Reddick, their pass rusher, said, you know, asked about his evaluation of Brock Purdy. He said, you know, he throws a lot of passes that are interceptable passes, but the other team drops them. And, you know, we saw that a couple of times against the Packers where they dropped the interceptions. He should have had more interceptions. Now, you know, when he threw the ball to open spaces where there nobody was, now he led that fourth-quarter comeback great. He put it all together to do that against the Packers, but for three and a half quarters, he did not play well, and again, it, it was a rainy day. He doesn't play well in the rain, apparently. He lost in Cleveland when it rained, uh, and then he struggled against the Packers, so you know, if, if it's a rainy day, he could be in for more struggles, but he does throw passes that are kind of 50-50 balls, and sometimes they're wide open balls to the other team that they just don't catch, so uh, can the Lions do it? I mean, like we talked about earlier, their cornerbacks aren't you know, world beaters. At least they're not like some of the other teams still left on the corner. So, can they do it? I mean, yeah, I, I like the way the linebackers play in Detroit. I think maybe they can intercept the pass. Barnes uh, certainly is a good good player. Andaloni, I like him a lot as a linebacker. And, and Jack Campbell, their first round pick, when he's on the field, uh, can can do it. So they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to get some turnovers in this game, the Lions, to uh, have a chance to win this game. And you know, what does the turnover look like? It's got to be a Brock Purdy interception or two. They're going to have to pick this guy off. <laughs>
2: I, absolutely. You were talking about fan bases. I mean, I, I can't imagine the Philadelphia Eagles being, They're a the much forgiving fan
3: base, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, yeah. They all wanted Sirianni back and Jalen has had a great season. Of, Just, you know, it's no. The city of Broly love, after all. The
2: city Broly yeah, Broly well,
3: I, I, you got to earn that love, I Tom. They that. have to earn that love.
2: I saw some videos uh, uh, at the end of the Eagles game, the loss of seasons over, uh and Nick Ceriani's walking off the field with the security, and there's like three or four guys, and I think somebody actually threw a beer cup at him. I'm not sure, but I, I think I saw that in one of the videos. But they're just letting him have it. You're done dropping the F-bombs. You're out of here. Never show your face here again. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just yelling at him, and he's just walking down the tunnel. He's like, "Yeah, yeah,
0: oh,
3: well, you know." But you know, well, that, I know it what is kind you're saying. I
0: was,
2: I,
3: I, that was a Tampa Bay game, when it it was a popcorn, yeah. a full yeah. container of popcorn. So you know, the guy had it loaded okay, up that's what it was. to toss the whole popcorn, and I and I got a little more backstory on that. You know, the guy. Uh, you know, they were asked to press, they they wanted to press charges, the Eagles, if they wanted to press charges against the guy. And they said, you know, no, uh, but what's what's a step down from that? So they ended up finding the guy. They found him, they find him. Um, But it was certainly premeditated. You know, he filled up that popcorn probably before the end of the game and just sat on it and knowing that he was going to bomb it at Nick Sirianni. Uh, And it almost hit him. In fact, you know, one of the PR guys, he said he did, get hit with some popcorn and wonder what the heck it was so yeah that's the way it is, it is. in philadelphia and i don't think any other city's probably the same way i i think you, you know yeah. if you're not performing and you lose six out of your last seven games like the eagles did nobody's going to be happy
2: yeah it was rough i i felt for you guys really uh really much it was it was it was rough but hey we got we got next year it's all, it's all coming back we're still out of here with the colts you know I'm the the ultimate optimistic dude. That's that's my Gartner Minshew thing. I don't know if he's coming back or not. I haven't heard, but I I think he will be. Uh, Real quickly, though, the Lions' run game could give the 49ers some problems. I mean, yeah, they're fire and ice, thunder and lightning, whatever descriptor that you that you want to use for the Lions' running backs, Dave Montgomery and and Gibbs. uh, They've they've been good this season. It's only you know 1,960 yards and 23 rushing touchdowns and 68 combined receptions. The 49ers have to stop the Lions running game. How do they do that?
3: Well, I mean, they're very good up front. The 49ers uh defensive front, Javon Hargrave, former Eagle, having a nice year. You got Nick Posy, you have Chase Young, um you know, forgetting the other guy, but they they are very good. And their linebackers are probably the yeah, the Ravens have two good linebackers, too, so Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. So I don't want to say the 49ers are the best, but I think they're maybe a little better uh, with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Those are two really dynamite linebackers, and that's how you stop them. You have to make tackles. can't miss tackles. Uh, and I think you have to stack the box a little bit and make Jared Goff try to beat you with his arm to, you know, i on St. Brown and, uh, you know, his other weapons, the tight end. What a, what a, what a great draft class the Lions had, you know speaking of Laporta and Gibbs and Campbell and Brian Branch, I mean, just fantastic. (laughs) And, you know, so but for the the 49ers to stop the Lions running game, that's what they have to do. They have to bring guys up a little bit closer to the line. Maybe that opens things up for Goff where he can hit a deep pass here and there. But you're going to have to tackle, and you're going to have to fill the gaps if you're the defensive line, which is very talented. And you're going to have to shut down the space that Gibbs has to operate because, man, that guy's so good in space so quick and boy, he can accelerate, uh, quickly. Um, so you're going to have to take away his, his, his space, time and space. And Montgomery, you're just going to have to bow up and tackle him. Cause he's a bull.
0: Are you there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> are you are you, you This like dropped off and we, we had a problem at the beginning of the show with, with Adam not being able to hear us. So I'm Oh and here we go again. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Uh, for sure I I got freaked out there for a second
3: Ed. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that I
0: oh
2: yeah. no 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 problem so I mean yeah it's it's going to be so let's go ahead and get your official pick uh for the Super Bowl who's going to be in the Super Bowl I think you've given it a, uh, we just want to hear it come up. Uh,
3: yeah I I think it's going to be your two number 1 seeds I think it's going to be the 49ers and the Ravens and you know I I kind of hope The Lions do find a way to get it done, but I just think the 49ers at home, they know what's at stake. They know what happened last year in the NFC championship game when they came into Philadelphia and lost. So they got to this point before, and I think they're going to be very motivated to make that next step. Uh, And it's going to be the two number one season. I hate to see it because we saw this game earlier in the year, Ravens 49ers, and the Ravens destroyed the 49ers in San Francisco. So – you know, you hope that the Super Bowl would be a better game. But, I, you know, having just seen this game, I'm not really too eager to see it again. But I think that's kind of the way we're headed is it's going to be the Niners and the, and the Ravens, the two number one seeds, the teams that had the advantage of having that extra week off to rest, get healthy, and the teams that have been able to stay in their own beds during the playoffs and not have to fly somewhere and sleep in a in a hotel bed. So. All right,
2: I'm going to go a little bit different, and I think I, I I'm just going to throw as much vibes as I can to the Lions, and it's going to be the the Lions and the Ravens, and plus it's my out on the limb picks. I can't I can't give up on them now, so no, uh, I'm, no. I'm going uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going all all the way. You know, and I I think we kind of touched on it, but I I had it on the day's topic, and I just realized I hadn't checked the boxes. Uh, Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Eagles, get fired. That's uh, Jalen Hurts have, had a good relationship with him. Not sure where he'll end up at, but I feel like the organization needed to make that change. How Jalen Hurts react? What is Jalen Hurts reaction to the firing of Brian Johnson? And what is uh, Brian Johnson's reaction to being fired by the Eagles? And where's his next stop?
3: Yeah, I, I, he's had a couple different interviews, Brian Johnson. But you're right; it's a move that had, be, had to be done. And uh, you know, obviously him and Jalen Hurts. Jalen has known Brian Johnson since Jalen Hurts was four years old. Brian Johnson played quarterback for his father in high school. And then, you know, uh, longtime family friends. So, yeah, but when you look in the mirror to Jalen Hurts, you know, you have to take some of that blame too. I mean, the whole team has to take blame for Brian Johnson not having a job. And Jalen's no different. So how he will react, I mean, for him, I think it's just business as usual. I mean, he had eight different offensive coordinators in eight straight years before Shane Steichen uh, came in to Philadelphia and stayed for two years. And we saw that big jump in Jalen Hurts' game from year one with Steichen to year two. Year two, Hurts is an MVP runner-up. Steichen, terrific job uh, mentoring him, giving him plays that succeed, made things easy for him to run the offense. I think the Eagles made the offense too hard for Hurts to operate in. They didn't give him enough options. And, yeah, that's on Brian Johnson and – Nick sirianni but you know hurts has to take some blame here too so how else does he what other choice does he have to react to, except positively and, and keep moving forward he's 25 years old uh he's had so many different ocs before and this is just another you know just another one that he's going to have to find a way to win with
0: So my
2: question for you would be then it i I've, I've heard uh, rumblings that it looks like maybe that the re- Settling, or we're trying to work out a deal with Cliff Kingsbury, a uh, uh, senior offensive analyst for USC, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. What are your any thoughts on him?
3: Uh, yeah, I know we interviewed here, uh, as did Kellen Moore and Jared Johnson, the quarterback coach uh, for the, uh, the Texans. Um, you know, they've had a few guys in. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he had Caleb Williams at USC this year. Um, you know, he's been in the NFL. He had Kyler Murray. I mean, he makes, uh, you know, he makes some sense. You know, he worked for Lincoln Riley, who Howie Roseman and Lincoln Riley, the USC coach are are good friends. And, you know, I'm sure he probably is picking Lincoln Riley's brain about Cliff Kingsbury and what kind of person he is and what kind of coordinator he is and how his scheme and this and that. But yeah, I mean, he makes sense. You can connect some dots where he would make sense, but you know, I think this is going to be a long process for the Eagles to try to find a, a coach that Jalen Hurts is going to have a comfort level with, uh, that they're going to be able to work together and, and figure this thing out and, and understand what each, the coach and the quarterback, do well. And I think it's going to be a, a longer process than people might think. It might, it might bring, you know, 12, 14 candidates through here uh, before all is said and done. So, you know, Kingsbury's one that could be in the mix. You know, certainly they're not done their search.
2: Well, you know, I, I'm one of the uh, Adam Schaffner sources. So, you know, I, I had a conversation with him, and he
0: <laughs> –
3: <laughs> Oh, you're, you're – I, I, right right, I, right?
2: yeah, I do follow Adam Schaffner. You know, he, he's, he's almost 90. He's got, he's got a high accurate percentage. So he's got – he really does have sources. Everywhere. Is he reporting that
3: Kingsbury is going to be the OC? No no, 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 oh. no, no, no,
2: no. They just said he, he had just said earlier this week that their radar is focused on Kingsbury. That's probably just because they were doing the interview. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but
3: he just said that, right. Okay. That, that, well, uh, I mean, his sources focus, are good. He, I would, he
2: said something about their focus. He said something about their focus is on Kingsbury.
3: That's what he said. So I yeah. Know. Wow. I mean, read into that what it's much. worth. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine what. Adam Schefter's contact list looks like in his phone. I mean, it must just go on for days scrolling through it uh, because he is well connected. And if he, if he was saying Kingsbury is going to be the OC, then I'm going to have to take back everything I just said. But, um, but if he's not, he is saying not
2: that, ya, I, so.
3: okay. All right. No, go. he is not saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: we're, we're going to uh, let you go. Okay. I appreciate you staying in overtime uh, with us. Um, uh, Sunday, February 11th, guys, is our Super Bowl special. Every year, we do it—two uh, hours of nothing but Super Bowl talk. Uh, and uh, so, uh, I assume—I I, I don't want to put words in your, your mouth, Ed, but are you going to be a part of that show on Sunday, February 11th?
3: Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think I think that I will be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying well, yeah, to think. Wait, man, one a... way or the other, even if I have to tape it <laughs> well, I, right, right, okay, good, yeah, 'cause my I know my mom is having a Valentine's Day party, she has it every year, and I think it's the eleventh, but I don't think it starts until one o'clock ish maybe I'm not sure I'd have to check with my wife, she kn- she knows my schedule better than I do, so uh, uh but yeah, I'm she's sure having a good. Valentine's Day party, nice. I know that day, uh, but I don't know when it is. is that the Super Bowl day too? <laughs> yeah, is that, Super- uh, Super- uh, Super- yeah this. Yeah, so right, so I think we'll be done the party by then. So it might be like one o'clock to five o'clock, something like that. I don't know. But yeah, we'll, I'll we'll, be a party. Have, you,
2: we'll yeah. have you released before. We'll have you. We'll have yeah. you uh, released uh, uh, before that. That's kind of a I need. I hear Christmas parties and stuff, but Valentine's Day party. Uh, that's, that's has that been going on
3: since you guys have been kids or well no but since we've gotten older and the grandkids have come into the picture she's had this party gosh i don't know maybe 10 years now in a row or 10 or 11 something like that i mean yeah. we play games yeah. you know yeah. she has the game set up and she lives in a building where it's not quite old folks but it is old folks it's a uh, kind of a retirement <laughs> area so she rents out the basement room you know it's a big room where they can rent out and have parties and stuff and you know, cater right. we'll cater some food, and you know, we'll all get together and yeah. you know, goof around.
2: So it was really Grandma's idea of saying, "Hey, I'm getting all the kids together. We're just going to call it a Valentine's Day party because it's that's everywhere. right. That's exactly it. it.
3: That's and we, you know, the kids right. make up the valentines and exchange them and stuff like that. So you know, it's, what it's a,
2: pretty what cool. A, what a fun idea! And I yeah. and I, I and you know, I, I could tell you, there'll come a time when you were like wish that you had the time that you had with your, with your parents. So that's fun. That's a, that's a, that's a great story. Hey, you know, uh, you know, I went to play last night and talked about it offline. Have you ever seen the movie to kill a mockingbird or read the book or anything?
3: Uh, I think I read the book like back in high school. I want to say it was a mandatory read. Yeah. And it's not a mandatory read anymore. (laughs) I know. I know (laughs) things have changed, but uh, yeah, it was good. what did you think of the play?
2: I loved it. I, I loved it. Now, I was talking to my daughter, and she's like, yeah, we read that in high school, and then they, they banned the book. And I, don't, I don't want to get into all of the reasons as to why that happened, but it, it it's just the complete opposite of why that book should have never been banned. I don't think it is anymore, but yeah, it was a mandatory read for me, too, and uh, I I was t- telling Melissa, you know, I remember one little quote, and he, he used that quote in the, in the thing about where his uh, dad got him a, a BB gun, and You know, he was instructed to not shoot birds. And he goes, sooner or later, he knew that my dad would tell me to shoot birds. I mean, when I would know to shoot birds, my dad said, shoot all the blue jays you can. Never shoot a a mockingbird. It's a sin. And he always wondered, he goes, well, why why is it a mockingbird? You you know, because they're innocent. They don't deserve to be shot. So the whole story is is around an African-American uh in in the south in in the bad times in the south uh and he got accused of, of a crime a very serious crime on a white woman that he didn't do so the whole story is that trial but right. its it was amazing and so yeah at the at the beginning, they had these warnings and then the signs is like hey warnings very graphic uh racial uh language very graphic language uh prop guns uh you know KKK, All of this stuff's going to be in the play. It was a packed house. It was full, and right. uh, all of that stuff was in the play. It, it does. It is kind of shocking. They they do take you to a time in our world that we're not very proud of. But, Yes, right. I, I say that. If you have a chance to see that play, it's it's a it's an off Broadway play. It goes everywhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, but it starts the, the guy from the Walton. But he was also in the Ozarks. She watched the Ozarks for a little bit. He, he was in the Ozarks. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I know. I, he was he was uh, he was an agent, wasn't he? I think he was one of the FBI
2: agents. Yeah, he yeah. sure was. Uh, great, yeah, he was great, great actor, that role, great show. Too. But
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a good actor. You, get, I like you him.
2: get you get the
3: opportunity to
2: see these Broadway and off Broadway plays a lot more than I do because of your geographical location. We bought these tickets months ago, and it was it was pretty much sold out. And there's two shows today and tomorrow, but I mean, sorry, yesterday and today. Uh, Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I think there's a matinee tomorrow, but nonetheless, great, great, uh, great play. So it's it's always good that plays are a great escape from like your movies, your concerts, ball games, that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it's it, it was really good. I, I digress.
3: Ed Kratz, yeah. beat Roderick, I, I love them. Yeah, I'm glad I know, you, got you to do. See yeah, it. I, yeah, I do. I do. I, I agree with you. Great. It is a great escape. It's uh, much different than anything else uh, that we love our you sports, right? We end. love watching. Are you going to go it see my Mama Mia? No, I have it's, not.
2: It, it's coming. We were debating on should we get tickets for that. It's it's coming uh, here soon to the same same place. Uh, Cliff Memorial Hall is in uh, on the Butler campus, university campus. So it's a all they do is bring plays and orchestras and that sort of stuff.
3: But yeah, oh, it's that's coming. great. I didn't know if you'd seen it or not. If you give a recommendation, i oh, no, I have that. not. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's also. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Um, and, and I think it is coming around here somewhere too. Um, so I don't know. My wife usually keeps tabs on these things. Um, I, I,
2: yeah, I'm with you. Look, yeah, Melissa does so. You know Melissa, but she does so much behind the scenes for the show, for life, and everything. So yeah,
3: she's she's my yeah.
2: calendar. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: yeah. She's much more than that, Tom. I know she's a great. She's a great lady. Yeah, you, you, you're fortunate yeah, to have she, her. Yeah, I am
2: indeed. Hey, Crats, right Rattler for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. I know you're not working on anything for the Eagles per se, uh, but uh, if they hire Kingsbury, let me know before we're at Adam
3: Scheffner. Let everybody else know. <laughs> I'll do my best. What are, what are you uh, working if you on? Hear, if you hear it too, you make sure you let me know. Um, I will. Uh, yeah, just kind of diving through some stuff. You know, probably going to shift gears here and start looking at you know the off season and looking at contracts and you know, free agency a little bit. I know that's still kind of out there. But once, you know, uh, once that starts to happen, maybe I'll wait till after the Super Bowl with that right now. I just have a lot of stuff from players that I talked to uh, during the exit interviews a couple of days after the season. Kind of probably poke my way through that and see if there's anything good I can crank out a story on and then maybe after the Super Bowl start turning the page to, you know, free agency and the draft and, you know, all that other stuff that comes up in the off season.
2: Great song. You ever heard of this song, Turning the Page?
3: Turning the Page? No, who does awesome. it?
2: Uh, huh. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll find it, and I'll text it to you. Just when you said it, 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 it hit my brain. So that's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy, we'll talk uh, to you soon. Where can people find their working masterpieces?
3: Uh, on Twitter, or X, I guess, on X, at Kratze, K-R-A-C-Z-E. Put all my links right there and links for other stories that appear on the site. Uh, Eagles site.
2: All right, buddy. We appreciate you. We'll
3: talk we'll yeah. to you soon. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Thanks. Right, yeah. Have a good, good weekend. Uh-huh. See, you. We'll we'll see you. Bye-bye.
2: Ed Kratz, we brought it to the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, our official NFL contributor, breaking down the final four, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers. We, we, we both agree that it's going to be the Ravens. Um I think uh Adam had a different pick. I think he's going with the Chiefs. Yeah, cuz <laughs> Taylor Swift and Eminem. Uh so he's going with the 49 I mean with Lions, I'm sorry. He's going with the Lions and I know that it breaks his heart to pick a team from uh Michigan. Thank you Adam for joining us. Also breaking down uh, uh the college football changes predominantly the, uh, the Jim Harbaugh move to the uh, San Fran- uh Los Angeles Chargers. I'll get it. My name is Tom Marcus el Presidente. you know we do this thing called the Balance every week, but uh, coming up on on um coming up on Super Bowl Sunday is our annual Super Bowl special. We're gonna have loads of guests and we we got a full pack two hours and we are doing nothing but talking about the Super Bowl. Hopefully it's gonna to be about the lions and and uh the Ravens. But whoever the two teams in the Super Bowl are, that's who we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be talking about all Super Bowl long. Now I tell you what, it does not get any better than that. You know, yes, there's going to be all day stuff of, of uh, all day stuff of Super Bowl coverage. But start your day right here, Balance Radio Network Blog Talk. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, you can then listen to the podcast uh, b- before your Super Bowl stuff, your Super Bowl parties. So start your Super Bowl, uh, start your Super Bowl uh, with with us, right here on the Balance Radio Network. I'm out of here, Deuces. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Remember remember to follow us on on the X at T Balance and on Facebook, The Balance. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. Out of here, Deuces. <laughs>